Hi, I'm E. And I'm F. And hey! And hey! You know, you know what? what? We are what we make. That is the actual title of this podcast. And the reason for why is because E has started making a thing. What is the thing yes. you started making? The thing I started to make is amigurumi, which is uh, the Japanese term for a crocheted or knitted stuffed doll and Uh after it i only got into it after 20 years of crocheting uh partly because i like projects that you don't need to saw the pieces together because i am Uh not confident in my in my sewing skills at all Uh and the idea of making a misshapen anything was just terrifying to me until one day i was talking with a friend it via video call and i was telling her about this doll in the Korean drama It's Okay to Not Be Okay where they have this little ugly doll that keeps nightwares, night, nightwares, nightmares away and they would fight over it and I showed her the picture and she just she cracked up and she's like dude you could totally make one you should make one call it uh, name it after me and then it'll keep my nightmares away ha 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 and it was so weird and funny that I decided to try it and I finally found a pattern which would not require me to saw together any parts and risk making an extremely terrifying thing. And I had more fun with it than I thought I would. I even thought like, okay, how can I make it for the person that I care about that I was talking to? So I was like, I, I gave it a dream catcher to keep her bad dreams away. I gave it a, a shield so that it could protect her heart. And then a nice little smirky smile. And then I was going to put eyes. I was trying to figure out how. And then I thought, you know what? This thing thrives. It protects her in the dark. It doesn't need eyes to see. It only needs courage. And I was just like, oh, I love it so much. Like I poured so much of myself into it. And I thought, you know what? I could actually just keep doing this because I love the meaning I put into that prototype. And I wanted to do a little more of that. And then when you told me this story and you were telling me, because like you, you have, you have other, is it, you have other dolls planned, right? I do. Yes. They are on paper. <laughs> yes. And so you were telling me about, okay, so this is doll number one. It's the original doll that you made with the shield and the dream catcher. And then you said there's this other one and uh, there's another one and other I ones. I share about them. You could share about the one you named after me. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. To which okay, I okay. responded with. Anyway, I will respond with you. <laughs> you go. You tell them about the doll that you decided okay. to make after. <laughs> so since my first doll was named after a girl, I decided to name my second doll after a, a, a I mean, a give it guy. a boy's name. Just which is fair. fine because my name, but, F's name is actually a guy's name also. So it's fine. True. So I, um, I called it the... The Francis doll. It says he is armored front and back and only the trustworthy may approach. It's one that would have a shield on the front and back. And then I just leave a flaw over the left side of the chest where the heart is. Because the Francis doll only allows credit, what, trustworthy people to, to come that it. close. 
Yeah, to stab it, you know, so within stabbing range. Yes. <laughs> this, this reminds me of this analogy about uh, love, which is that love is standing in a naked room. Uh, sorry, not naked room. Love is standing naked in a room and giving your love, lover knives and telling them to approach. Like that's the idea of Makes love. Makes perfect yeah. sense. But my reaction was not that poetic. My reaction was, so I'm a turtle? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, th- theoretically, this would make sense if I was a turtle, not a tortoise. Because a tortoise is the one that lives on land and they're slow. A turtle is not slow. If you've ever actually seen a turtle, like the ones that belong in the ocean, they're fast. Uh, even on land. So the ones that are slow are tortoises. Just letting you know. Difference. Anyway, a turtle. Yeah, I'm a turtle. Anyway, point is, so when you told me about them, you wanted these dolls to kind of embody good, the wishes that you had for each person or what you wanted the, the recipient to feel. And so, in a sense, they were yes. kind of like they're, they're kind of like reverse voodoo dolls, because like you know how voodoo dolls are. Oh my gosh! Dolls. Right? No, because like voodoo dolls are supposed to, they were they're supposed to um, inflict harm upon the person that they're made after, right? The term, by the way, for voodoo doll yeah. um, in Western history is puppet. Haha. Um, yeah, puppet. From where we get the oh. word puppet. Yeah. Point is, so they're a reverse one because they're all good things. And I was like, I know there's a culture with that as a concept and that's actually a thing. So we we went to the place that you go to to find knowledge academically, Wikipedia. <laughs> which, that I say that unironically because because I think since it is a crowdsourced encyclopedia and since if you guys follow this podcast, you know that nerds really love to nerd out. I mean, you literally just built a giant nerd trap and like if you build it, they will come kind of thing. So Wikipedia generates. It's true. It's very true. And it's very self-correcting because nerds are very, very self-correcting. And also very correcting each other correcting. <laughs> yes. I say this as a nerd. Very, okay. very true. So so anyway, point <laughs> is Wikipedia is a reliable source. So I went to Wikipedia and I Googled. And the concept for this is actually the worry doll, which is a Guatemalan and Mexican, well, mostly Guatemala, but also Mexico um, tradition where it's a doll that is made for a child that tends to be very fretful and have a lot of worries that really as a name suggests and you would the, the child would talk to the doll and tell the doll how it was feeling put the doll under its pillow go to sleep so literally sleep on your worries and then wake up and in the morning the doll would have taken the worries away and then of course you could tell them new worries and then they would take those away and you know and, and so on and so forth so it's this um, object that is designed very similarly to your concept for the first doll, where it eats bad dreams. It takes away the things that worry the person. And yes, it got me thinking about like, why did people in general, and like, okay, so the, that doll, the worry doll, is made in a very similar way to an, to an amigurumi where it's literally a doll made of yarn usually coiled it's not, it's not the pictures don't show it be, they don't show it as stitched but a lot of the pictures look like they're mm. made of coiled twine so it's definitely handmade it's not like a machine made doll it's not like a big crafted doll it's something that is stitched and held and definitely looks like it's been made by hand so my question became why is it that these handcrafted handmade objects are what were imbued with this sort of like power, if that's what you mean? Like that, or the intention of power. Why do you think? But maybe actually a better question is instead of going, why do you think? Let's go into like experiential and be like, why Why did you feel the need to make these things instead of like, you know, buying them a necklace, for example, or buying a dream catcher? Why did you feel the need to make this doll instead <laughs> of buying something? Okay. So it's, kind of personal-ish in terms of 
life stage mm-hmm. i would say the last time i was this obsessed with making stuff instead of buying them was when i was um was when i was studying and couldn't really give people gifts my most notorious one i think which i remember just this morning was to create uh to make blank um christmas cards do you remember that i'm sure i gave you one yeah it's like a blank christmas card and and the first and it was it was supposed to say there's nothing i can say here you know that would encompass everything or how much i love you Mm -hmm. so there was the name on the outside and then the inside was blank that's how um that's how challenged i was to give gifts at that time and now as a freelancing student back to the freelance life back to the student life mm-hmm. i guess uh, my mind went there like i i don't know cuz funds and all that stuff they're irregular i don't know when i'll be able to get stuff for people that they like so i might as well relearn how to make them mm-hmm. for people and when i was doing it i remembered how much i loved it and that i'd started spending for gifts more because i had this weird idea that people appreciate things more if they're expensive versus if i make them and now that i'm going back to it i'm like but but this feeling i haven't had it for years this feeling that every stitch on this doll on this dream catcher has my well wishes for you and that's not something you can buy ever that's not something you can give and you know say every stitch this other person made <laughs> it's very interesting that you you should kind of say like um you did you wanted to give gifts that were bought because they were expensive when the whole reason why gifts are expensive to begin with is that you're actually and this is me talking as a technically finance major is that the reason why uh products are costed so high is because of the man hours that go into them which is the idea that this is how many human hands have had to touch this and make it and invest their time and money into creating it so even if like the monetary cost to make a handmade good is not as expensive as a store bought good if you actually cost it in the man hours, it would probably just as expensive, if not more. And that tracks back to the idea of why are man hours expensive? Why is it expensive? Or why is it valuable to have something touched by human hands? And I think it tracks back to what you talked about intention. It's this idea that we can mm. pass on. And it's a cultural idea. It's something that's in history, right? It's in, it's in a lot of cultures that what you think or what you're feeling or what you're, yeah, what you're thinking, what you're feeling sort of has a power and that's embedded in the thing that you make. It's part of, beyond just the the thing, actual fingerprints on the object, it's also the fingerprints of your intentions. And that's part of the power of the object. Am I going to like woo-woo here? No. I think it's open for interpretation no matter how you put it. <laughs> Fine. But just this idea again, like, because, okay, so the whole point of when, when we're thinking about this is that you are making dolls that you felt represented certain people or inspired by certain people. But I am going to challenge you, which is probably going to be the first time on the podcast I ever actually officially challenge you, but not the first time in our (laughs) lives. I will challenge you to say that instead of these dolls representing what these people are, they represent what you think these people need or what you would like to give these people. So they say, Yes, something I, about I don't the person. 
Yeah, they say something about the person, but they say more about you. Okay, maybe from here I can't see what it says about me. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, think about it. Like, okay, let's take this from the perspective of... Hmm. So the original kind of segue point between Amigurumi and Worry Doll was this idea of like, where did Amigurumi actually come from? So, right, you did some digging as to like, what are the origins of the Amigurumi as a thing, right? Ah, uh, yes. So tell us a little so, bit about those origins. When I was res- researching about the history of crochet, mm-hmm. one of the um, theories of its creation was uh, when stuffed hooked stitch dolls mm-hmm. were found in China dating to the Tang Dynasty, but where it really flourished was Japan, mm-hmm. which when they were trading, the dolls crossed over into Japan and then while they disappeared in China, Japan, the Japanese kept on making them all the way until today. So if you crochet, you know about amigurumi simply because they've had a long tradition of it over time. Yeah. In particular, there's a long tradition of, you, you just going back to that, hand-stitched, so woven, knitted, hooked dolls, right? Yes. Specifically dolls. Specifically dolls. Yes. So the question question popped into my head is that why would a culture be compelled to make tiny representations of human beings for children to comfort them? Why would you make teddy bears or, you know, people or whatever and then give them to a child to comfort them? Why make worry dolls? Why make these hand-stitched dolls? We get statues. We get all those other things. Those are usually like objects of worship or objects of like value. They were meant to like, you know, idols to a king or whatever. Um... But why a doll, right? Why objects that were meant to be carried around for comfort? Why make these little objects for that? And that's kind of where like my brain went and thought, well, maybe it's because you want the person not to feel alone. Like when you make something, when you're making a little amigurumi or you're making a worry doll, you're kind of imbuing like with the time you spend on it. It's almost like you've put a little bit of yourself, literally, because you've you know, you've put in your time and you'll never get that time back. That's your time. You'll never get that, your time back. You've put a little bit of yourself, your thoughts, your wishes, your <laughs> dreams, your time, possibly your sweat. Because, you know, I've done crochet and your hands can get kind of sweaty. I know it's gross, but <laughs> um, Possibly sweat, possibly dirt, definitely skin oils, dead skin cells, whatever, you know. I'm just, you know, getting definitely. anatomical. Yeah, you've put that into the doll. It's been touched by human hands. That's all part of it. And so, technically, a part of you is in the doll. And so, when you give it to somebody else, it's like, it's almost like a sign of, hey, this doll, in having been imbued with bits of me is now itself a sort of little sort of being that will comfort you when I'm not around to do so. Yeah, I think I think so. I think uh, when I think when I thought of making them, one thing that inspired me was being able to tell more than one person that I'd like them to have good dreams. Like that's that's important to me that someone knows that they don't sleep well and wants them to have good dreams. And then that's, they, they have something that reminds them that there's someone who, out there who wants them to have good dreams. I just think that's so important because you wouldn't see a person every day, right? And it's not like you can chat someone at any point and have them answer right away. We all have our own lives, but we can share something with one another that says, okay, I'm not like... Maybe I didn't have five minutes when you <laughs> messaged the other day, but 
this is proof that I always want you to have good dreams. Something like that, I guess. That's, and that's like, how I was in a it. sense, it's also like, I didn't have the five minutes, but the, the doll, which is a representative of me, has it. And so in a sense, I have had that. I, I will always have those five minutes for you because this is them in tangible form as a worry doll or an amigurumi doll, right? Yeah. And this, yeah. the, the reason why this is fascinating to me to hear you talk about this is because it connects to that episode that you had me like get very emotional about, the one about art as like <laughs> a secret coded message to the world. So we talked about how like art was a way to find the people in the world who understood you. That's like, it's a coded message that's like, can anybody hear me? Is anybody listening? But the flip side of that also is that the reason why a lot of artists also make art, if you ask them, is that so that other people know they're not alone. They're not the only one that feels this way. In a literal sense, you are what you make. Because when you make something, you put it out in the world, you're putting out yourself into the world and being like, here is a bit of me to keep you company so that you don't feel alone in this. Literally, you are what, in a sense, you're thinking about it, you are what you make. Or rather, you make is who you, like, you, what you make is a little bit of who you are that you've given to somebody else and been like, here, it's like a horcrux for all the Harry Potter fans out there, but like made through less <laughs> terrifying methods. That's <laughs> probably not the best analogy, but you know, it's the one that's <laughs> But yeah, it's like that. Yeah. I mean, confirm or deny is that why you made this it's like an interrogation is that why you made these dolls <laughs> well yeah well it, I, it's why I do hope to make quite a lot more let's see where it goes I was thinking it can be like this is just me rambling but I was thinking it can be more of a heart project where I invite people to do similar things or it, if it's something that I actually help people create I don't know we'll see I just know that I hope more people will. will so the think whole about point it. of this episode is we'd like to ask once again for your support for E if you would like <laughs> to donate your uh, yarn. We're not asking for money. We never, we, you know, every time we've asked for support, we've never actually asked for money. The first time we asked for Mandelbaum Dante. The second time we asked for mocha coffee. <laughs> and this time we're asking for yarn. <laughs> so if you'd like to uh, sponsor us, please. Uh, uh, get in touch with the podcast and say, I would like to give you this yarn. <laughs> and we will, <laughs> you, he will take it. I'm telling you, she will take it. And she will yeah. take it and she will make it into little versions of herself that she will put out into the world to give you warm hugs. Not literally, they don't actually move. It would be really creepy if they actually did. I mean, they're not haunted yeah. dolls, okay? That's another thing entirely. We're not even going to go there. Anyway. <laughs> so, Point is, my name is F. <laughs> my name is E. And hey, you know what? You know what? You are what you make, especially if you make amigurumi dolls. Thank you for listening. Please give us yarn. Thank you. You know, we literally spun a yarn. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>